Welcome to the Full-Time Life Podcast. I'm Steph. Full-Time Life is all about acknowledging that the concept of work-life balance is flawed. There's no such thing as work separate and apart from life. It's all just life. And it's up to each of us to design our own full-time life balance. This podcast is dedicated to providing tools, resources, and conversations to encourage you to live your full-time life to the hilt. I am joined in this episode with my good friend, Christina Surden. I know Christina because she is a fellow yogi, a fellow yoga instructor. She is a respiratory therapist by trade and education, and she is also a sound practitioner. I was thinking we could draw cards, like less rest cards. Maybe we will each cut the deck and then you draw first. Continue to give yourself permission to rest, rejoice, and laugh. Laugh at your very human experience. Trust you are divinely guided with a compass in hand. You truly get better at surviving the storms. That's funny because we were just talking about. Yeah. That's funny. Very human experience. It's a really (laughs) nice framing. You are a miracle of love. Dive into the divine and ground your energy. Hmm. I love it. Yeah, that's a good one. These are the Blessed Rest by Payal. I bought them in New York at my favorite little Lolo Holistic. Okay, I'll hand it over to you. Tell us what Christina is all about. I'm recently exploring the new world of sound healing and sharing sound healing with others and trying to get it out there to the world to help people release and let go of past things that they may be holding on to, knowing that sound healing helped me and also my husband, who was a Marine. I've seen the help that it's done for us, so I want to share it with the world. Same thing with yoga. Yoga has definitely opened up new feelings and emotions and health for me and makes me really want to live a healthier life. If you've never experienced a sound bath, but you've sat in a room full of people where everyone's oming, you feel that vibration in your bones, not just from yourself making the sound, but from everyone around you. And it can be really powerful. The next yoga class you go to sit in that ohm because it's a little taster. And then adding my first exposure to sound bowls was a sound bath in, in New York City where I lived at the time. And it it settles into your inner being in some way that is really hard to describe. Yeah. Experiencing is believing it. There's something happening in your bones, right? Yeah. Yeah. Everybody, everything in the world is vibration. It's, everything's vibrating at a certain frequency. So when you add something like a sound bath or a, a Tibetan bowl into your frequency and you hit that Tibetan bowl and it, the frequency vibrates, It vibrates within your cells. And when introduced in a way of meditation or a meditative state, it is easier for you to let go rather than you're sitting in traffic and a siren goes by. That's going to vibrate you in a different way. That's going to bring you into your fight or flight and send you off (laughs) into stress mode. Whereas laying down on a mat in a meditative state with a sound practitioner who's guiding you to release and let go. Once you get down and you lay onto your mat and they start playing or I start playing the sound bowls, it's more of a receiving 
and surrendering place to be. It's scientifically backed. Just within a few minutes, it helps you go from a beta, which is your brainwave state where you're awake and alert and moving and talking and doing this and doing that to alpha, which is then when you start to get a little bit more relaxed and your breathing slows down, your heart rate slows down. And then into theta, which is the brainwave state just before you fall asleep, which is our meditative brainwave state. And while in meditation, you can open up new pathways in your brain. You can uh, truly let go of things that you are subconsciously holding on to, maybe in the body, in the mind, pain that you didn't realize you had or didn't know where it was coming from. It's all held in some kind of energy in your body and the vibrations help to shake up that energy ball and let it go. The cool thing is, as someone who is receiving the sound bath, you literally don't have to do anything except make yourself comfortable. And it's wild how these vibrations can really shake that up and release it, as you say. Yeah, yeah. And then going back to also the ohms, again, scientifically proven, using the same, almost the same type of humming or vibration in the body and what happens is when you do you release um, the happy chemicals in the body so you turn off that stress response which is releasing cortisol levels and you turn on the happy chemicals which are nitric oxide serotonin um, you start releasing those through the body and when those get released through the body you have the calming effects like the parasympathetic nervous system turning on the heart rate slows down, the blood pressure is slowing or um, coming down a little bit so the blood runs through the body a lot easier and digestion works better. You mentioned that it's also been good for your husband as someone who was in the Marines. Yeah. Tell me more. Being in the Marines, just even, he was in Iraq twice and before even going over to Iraq, he has boot camp, but then adding the extra stress of going over to war, another stress, all the noise, the noises of the bombs going off, shooting, firing, all of that stuff has brought him into a state of, and what they're taught basically when they're in boot camp, everybody's an enemy. Watch your back at all times. Be on high alert. Always watch, you're always in fight or flight. And so he was in a constant state of alert, always in alert not able to let go. What sound healing does is it allows you to let go. And he's someone whose his mind is always running and running. He's always planning his next move. He's always thinking, I can't close my eyes in a, a group setting because somebody might come in and something might happen. So the first sound bath that he went to, he laid there and accepted and surrendered. And he got up after and was like, wow, that was amazing. I, didn't, I couldn't think because of all the different sounds that were going on. My brain didn't have time to focus on a thought long enough to get through that complete thought. And I feel a lot lighter. So he's a big fan of sound healing. This world that you are trained in between the respiratory therapist and sound practitioner and yoga is all a very healing space. Mm -hmm. And I think you were the one that told me that we all have an archetype and you're that healer. Oh, yeah. You're in that healer yeah, space. That's, that's what you're actually called to do in this life yeah the reason that i don't say sound healer because okay. sound healer implies that you need to be healed from something and maybe you don't need to be healed you just want a day of a little bit of relaxation 
Yeah. That kind of puts it into a box of anyone who goes to the sound healing is there to heal something. Whereas maybe you're just there for some relaxation. Maybe you're there for some meditation, but you want to manifest a little bit. So it's not necessarily healing. And as the sound is being played, you're healing yourself with your thoughts and you're releasing and your manifestations. Yeah. As a sound practitioner, you're offering sound for people to experience, however, whatever's going on that day. Yep. I went to one of your um, sound baths a couple of weeks ago and my experience, which I shared with you, which is I dropped into a meditative state pretty quickly Mm -hmm. and um, it does help me get out of my head. There's something about the sound. I usually consult my higher self end but um that conversation i had as part of my sound bath was what i needed that day i didn't have an intent for the sound bath and then once i dropped into the meditative state i was like "Ooh, i have all these questions swirling and i did dry january which i do every year and your sound bath was towards the very end of january and i was wondering where do i go with this i feel great i typically in the past is okay dry january is over let's move on with my regular consumption and I had been feeling a call to ease up on the alcohol in general. And when in the sound bath, when I had consulted my higher self with like, where do I go with this? And she was very chill. This is just my experience, but I got the answers that I already knew were within me from this experience. And it was, you can do whatever you want, but for what, for where I'm trying to go, for what I'm trying to manifest, I will get there quicker if I release anything that doesn't serve me right now. So that was a message, like do whatever you want, drink, don't drink. But if it doesn't serve you at that, they didn't really know what I was gonna do. It's this idea of you're going to be on your path either way, but if you're looking to get there quicker, keep the alcohol out for a little bit. That was my experience mm-hmm. of your sound bath and you curated the experience and I had the profound realization and so thank you for that. You're welcome. I was glad you came that day. Yeah, me too. And if that's not, a reason to go running to the next sound bath. I don't know what is because yeah. I got this clarity and it wasn't right and wrong. It was like, what are you trying to do with your year and does it serve you? And that it was just a very, it was a kind clarity that I experienced as part of the sound bath. So that goes back to when you're in a sound bath, it's been proven that it opens up new pathways, neural pathways in the brain. So opens up more connections. So we go through life living there's a ski slope and you go down this ski slope every day the same ski slope but then when you do meditation like a sound bath or just meditation in general you start to find new paths Hmm. and your brain opens up different pathways yeah and what it gets to wire and fire in a different way in a different way yeah 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 so what i like to share on the podcast is stories of people making big moves to live the life that they want to live I think it can be really encouraging to share those stories with others of big moves that you've made. What were the challenges? What did it look like? And so looking back a little past tense, Kristen, will you share a big move that you've made and what that was like? I started as a respiratory therapist, thought that I wanted to work in a hospital, help people. But I quickly realized hospital situation is not my situation. The hospital setting is a very stressful environment. Not everybody in the hospital wants to be helped or treated. But for me, I'm an empath and I really feel the energy of other people. 
So when I walk into a room and somebody's sick and they are angry, it, it hurts me. It affects me. I was leaving the hospital drained, burnout. I was working tons of hours and I was going to yoga all the time. And one of the teachers in the class one day said to me, you would be a great teacher. And I was like, oh, me? <laughs> no. You know, <laughs> I had been doing yoga for, I don't know, 15 years at that point and just like going to classes. So then I started thinking about it more. And then I started connecting the dots. At work, at the hospital, I was always the one who trained new people. Always. It was me and maybe one other person out of 20 people. We were always the trainers. And I was like, I don't want to train people at this job that I'm not 110% in love with. And then this teacher saying to me, you'd be a great teacher. I thought, let me just do a 200 hour and see what happens. Maybe I'll do it as a side job. So I did. And I fell in love with teaching yoga. And I fell in love with people's reactions after teaching yoga. Thank you so much. That was an amazing class. I feel so good. What can I do for this? Instead of me forcing, whereas in respiratory, I'm forcing people to get better. I'm forcing people to take this medicine that they really don't want to take. Now I'm giving people what they do want. And for me in my life, it's so much more rewarding to give people or open people's eyes to yoga and health in that different way. It's a different energetic. It's, de it's definitely different. I get that energetic yeah. so deeply. Yes. <laughs> and one of the things that you shared, which I think is interesting, is that moment where you were the one teaching other people, but it wasn't aligned because it was a moment where you realized, I'm teaching them something that I don't feel fully passionate about. And I think that was that the key moment of feeling a little out of alignment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah really good way to put it. <laughs> uh, that definitely was how it felt to me. And then after I took my first 200 hour and I started teaching, I went to my first sound bath and I fell in love with that. And every time this teacher would offer a sound bath, I would make sure I was there. First one there in front of the class, <laughs> as close as I could get to the bowls. And then I took my 300 hour and I fell in love with teaching even more. And this what I thought was just going to be a side job became more and more a part of my life. So I started teaching more and I started working the hospital less. And I started to feel um, more myself. I started to feel more balanced. I had more energy. I was happier all the time. I was so happy. But then COVID hit and shut everything down. The yoga studio that I was working at, at the time, the other place that I was working with, doing private lessons, shut down, everything shut down and respiratory being the COVID disease or respiratory therapists were the biggest ones in the COVID disease. So I got called back and pulled back into that world for about two years during all during COVID with determination of when COVID was over, I was going to get back into yoga, teach full time and try to move into that path fully. And that's what I've been working on in the last two years now. And once I came back, I realized I didn't just want to teach yoga. My sound practitioner teacher said to me, I'm going to India. I need a sub. You should be my sub. And I said, hell no. <laughs> that is a big shoe to fill. Like I could never do what you do. It's amazing. And she said, just start coming early and I'll start teaching you. And then that became 
that started my path into sound practitioner. And then I took two certificates and another workshop before I felt like I was strong enough to actually do my own sound bath. I'm reflecting on your journey, which is recognize not being aligned, starting to take small steps. It didn't mean that you put in your two weeks notice, but you started to take steps to skill build, basically yoga teacher training, digging into the taking sound baths a lot more. So it's out of alignment, take, starting to take small steps without jumping off of a cliff. And the third thing that I noticed in your story is that opportunities present them, themselves. And so as much as we have to go and take aligned action towards, okay, let's get yoga teacher trained, there is a space of receiving even when you're on your path. And I think that when those opportunities present themselves, it's little signals that you're on the right path. Keep going. And that's a really cool, it's a really cool path to be on. Where yeah. you still had to make the big move. The big move, I think, is recognizing that you're a healer, but it might be in a different modality. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are you contemplating for a big move now? I'm still on that path of hanging on to, obviously, the respiratory therapy because I was almost out of respiratory therapy when COVID hit. So that kind of gave me a little bit of hate to say PTSD, but it, it did in a way give me a little bit of, I'm a little nervous to take this full step because what if something like that happens again and I don't have my backup plan anymore? Mm. And I think before COVID, I was all in and then COVID made me take a step back and say, whoa, 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 okay, I have to make sure I'm fully secure in this new modality before I can give up my old one. I would love to just switch completely, but unfortunately have to be paid. I'm starting some new endeavors with um, a, a local massage place called Bodhi Massage and Spa. I'm going to start offering private sessions there, 45 minute, an hour, and 90 minute. And then I'm also partnering up with a Reiki master, Helen Mallory, who her and I have gotten together, worked together, and we're going to start offering couples or dual Reiki and sound. Okay. So she'll offer Reiki as I do sound either for couples or just a single session. And so your big move now, it's a continuation of the path that you're on. So it's to continue to take steps in the direction of a sustainable living in this sound practitioner space, yoga space. And through that, expanding your reach just so that more people know about the power of sound and getting to a place where you can ultimately go all in on that. Yep. It's interesting. I was looking at your card as you were saying, at the end of the day, that's your, been your livelihood for so long on the re respiratory side. It says you, your last line of your card is you truly get better at surviving the storm. So whatever comes of that next wave of the respiratory being really important, maybe you've built up some personal cred for yourself. It's always <laughs> personal cred to, that you'll survive. You'll figure out how to make yourself useful in that kind of setting. But is there anything you, else you want to share in this space of living your life by design and finding your path? Yeah. So I was a bartender for 11 years and I loved bartending. It was so much fun. And I was never, I never drank beyond the bar. I'm not a big drinker. 
but I just love being in the energy of the people and having fun and all of that. So when I went into the healthcare world, it sucked me in, sucked all the life out of me. I loved it at first. I loved helping people, but I went from in this high fun environment to everybody's sick, people are dying. I'm indoors all the time in these four walls with no light shining in. I definitely need the sun in my life. I'm solar powered. It gives me energy. It makes me feel happy. Being in a hospital where it's cold and dark and there's monitors going off at all times, there's beeping, there's noise, there's all types of alarming sounds. It's a fight or flight response. The whole 12 hours you're there. Mm. And it really took me a long time to get back to where I am now, like before the hospitals, like before I worked at the hospital for nine years. It feels good to get back to this high energy environment where everybody's happy and I can see the sun, sunshine. Yeah, that resonates with you're talking about actual frontline fight or flight response. But I think there's so many careers where you are in a constant response mode and it's mm -hmm. really challenging to be in it for such a long period of time and, yeah. and then not having to rest and recover on the other side. Yeah, for sure. I definitely, after COVID, I started going to a wellness center and I started getting private sessions. It was Reiki and sound to help me release and let go all the things that I saw. In a way you disconnect yourself and it becomes normal to see death and sickness and to smell the smells and to hear the noises and stuff like that. And it's not normal. It's not normal for that kind of things to go on in your everyday life. Hmm. So it's really, it's taken me a long time to not only in my path, let go of that kind of stuff, but also come back to having fun at work. Yoga is not really work to me anymore. It's having a good life and enjoying what I do instead of being miserable after 12 hours coming home. Hi to my husband, going right to the shower and go to bed. Instead of being roommates, we're a couple again. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Not that we're, I was just kidding. But yeah. We're getting 12 hour shifts. You don't see each other. You don't yeah. see your dogs. We're eating on the go. We're eating in fight or flight. Um, and that's if we even get a meal. It's cortisol levels are running through your body. Nothing can relax. And then going to sleep in that fight or flight. It's not good for your body. And that's why people end up sick. Yeah. And I definitely felt myself getting you know, going to that sickness. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for sharing all of that. Yeah. Yeah, of course. The transitioning slightly. Did you set an intention or a word for your year this year? I didn't actually. You've asked me that before and I really had a hard time deciding on what it was that I was going to set. I more recently, I have a pendulum that I never use. And so instead of setting like a word, I've more set an intention of <laughs> connecting with my pendulum and trusting it. And instead of worrying, will this happen? Will that happen? Will that happen? Because I am a planner. I like to plan things. And if it doesn't go as planned, I get stressed out. I worry. So it's really helped me to use my pendulum every morning. Is this going to go this way? And then I just let it be. What is a pendulum? Tell pendulum? Me. Oh, so they say hold your pendulum close to your heart because your okay. heart is, if your heart's not open, you can't manifest. Your heart is like you have to open up your heart to receive. That's a really pretty pendulum. We have to take a photo of it. It is. 
I, so I don't know this at all, so no? tell me more. Okay, so a pendulum works off of your energy, your true self. So if you ask your pendulum, is my name Sam? If I ask my pendulum, is my name Sam? It's going to say no. So it'll go in one direction. So the way that you work with a pendulum is you ask it things like, is my name Christina? Is my birthday in November? Is my dog's name Gunner? So they're all yeses. So it'll swing in a certain, I know that Mayan goes to the right. It goes in a counterclockwise for the yes, and it goes clockwise for the no. So once you find out the direction of the yes or the no, then you can ask it things and it'll tell you, it'll tell you that like it, it's true every time. So it's crazy. It's, you never heard of a pendulum? Will you do a practice with yep. them? Yep. Okay. There's a little circle thing here that I'll hold on to. And I'll wait until it stops a little bit. Is my name Christina? Is my husband's name Sean? Is my dog's name Gunner? Is my name Alicia? Is my name Alicia? See, it stopped mm -hmm. going. It's thinking. What do you say it does when it's a no? It goes in clockwise. And it goes in counterclockwise when it's a yes. But so this is tied to your intention. And so your intention yeah. is these rituals. It's carving out the time. That and my daily meditation practice. And what does your daily meditation practice look like? Some days it's non-existent and some days it's really good. But I know that the days that I'm super busy are the days that I need it the most. And they're the days that I struggle to just sit down and do it. Do you have a guided meditation? I'm also in Kundalini, in a Kundalini program. And we do what's called sadhana. It's like a morning meditation. And there's mantras associated with the sadhana. So there's chanting involved. There's a series of things that I chant. And then after the chant, I sit in stillness. What are you known for as a yoga instructor? What can someone expect if they take a Christina Sardin class? My flows are pretty creative. And I always try to keep it fresh. I try not to repeat the same flow. And I also don't do a normal vinyasa or sun salutation. It's funny to see people who come to my first, first time in my flow class. We go to classes and we're like, oh, we know the next move. That's not practicing yoga. You're supposed to be there fully immersed in this experience. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you always do sound during Shavasana. Do you do some form of sound in every class? Pretty much every class. What do you do but at the beach? At the beach, I don't play. No, because... Do you do Om? I go off, off the energy of the class. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I do Om and sometimes I don't. I don't want to make anyone uncomfortable. I know when I first started doing Oms, it was awkward for me. Try to. When I first started teaching, my purpose for teaching was to make, make yoga accessible for everyone. So no barriers, very little Sanskrit, make it very easy to understand. And I never did the OM because I, again, similar, I was, I don't want, didn't want anyone to feel like it wasn't for them. And I thought OM would be a little weird. So it was, let's, we did a final breath together. And then I got here and one of the students on the beach asked for the OM. It felt like permission and my mm. it's a big deal for me especially in the past few years of exercising my throat chakra which is speaking your truth and it felt like permission and I felt it's the same podcast is all about using my voice okay final question and yeah. that is what are you reading listening to watching right now 
I'm reading a lot of my Kundalini book. <laughs> I am also listening to by Joe Dispenza. It's an audible. It is called Supernatural, maybe? Joe is amazing. He is one of the people who say if you don't connect to your heart, you're not going to, all your other chakras aren't going to work. Like he says, you have to let your heart open before anything else. It mm. falls in line. I've watched a lot of his podcasts. I've listened to a few of his books. And he really gets behind the sound and mantras and chanting. And he really explains it well how to understand it all. I'm more of an audible person. Awesome. Thank you for joining. Where can we find you after after listening to this podcast and loving everything that you're saying? Where can listeners find you? So my Instagram handle is K-A-L-I Soul Yoga. Callie with a K. Callie with a K, Soul Yoga on Instagram. And I'm at a few of the different studios in St. Pete, if you're local to St. Pete. When you want to connect with me you have you teach yoga classes you have some sound bowl oh, workshops yeah. and then you do private yep yeah so the sound bath sound bath workshops i do every second sunday of the month at suka life and then every second friday and every fourth friday of the month at nava and then i always do one a month but it's not a set day at beyond poses in seminole Awesome. Yeah. Great. Thank you. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> this was fun. This was fun. Bye. Thank you for listening. And I'm so glad you're here. My highest hope is that this conversation was expansive for you in terms of finding and following your path, the challenges along the way, and the encouragement to keep going. If you would like more information on how to find and where to find Christina, that Instagram handle is at Kali Soul Yoga, Kali with a K, K-A-L-I. You can find me at Full Time Life Steph on Instagram. And for additional resources, workshops, and more, you can find me on the web at fulltimelifestuff.com. Thanks again for listening. And one correction from this episode, I mentioned the blessed rest cards that we draw at the beginning of the episode, and I mentioned those cards being by Payal. Her name is actually pronounced Payal, and I know that because I met her in person, and now that I've met her, I know the correct pronunciation is Payal, and her cards are blessed rest. Stay tuned for more. <laughs>